What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hollywood Radio Theater. Adaptations of Hollywood's finest films. Tonight, Barry Sullivan stars in Rope of Sand. Good evening. This is your host on Hollywood Radio Theater, Air Force Sergeant Tom Korzanowski. For tonight's feature presentation, we've chosen a story of intrigue and romance set in South Africa's diamond fields, Rope of Sand. Our star is Barry Sullivan. Act One begins after this important message. What starts fires on kitchen stoves? Forgetfulness. Mother's heating lunch for the children in a frying pan. The baby runs home crying with a nasty scratch. Mother rushes to the medicine chest to help baby, then stays to comfort the child. The frying pan, untended, overheats. It turns a bright cherry red. The food inside smokes, then flames. Unless mother smells the smoke of burning food, chances are the house will burn down. Think fire prevention. And now, Act One of Rope of the Sand, starring Barry Sullivan. Nothing had changed. There were the same sheet iron warehouses along the docks, the same slow-moving stevedores waiting on the wharf, the same glaring sky, the same suffocating heat. The port of Diamond Start, British Southwest Africa, was as changeless, as ugly as the souls of the men who lived there. 
deck of the freighter, I could see the low hills behind the town. And along the crest of those hills, the silhouettes of the watchtowers where men waited with rifles and machine guns. On the other side of those hills, there would be still other men in armored cars and half-tacks. Men in machines that patrol the endless miles of sand dunes which surround, like a rope of sand, the richest diamond-bearing area in the world. The freighter docked and the steam winches went to work bringing the cargo up from below deck. I was standing by the forward hold, waiting for my own gear to be hauled up. David. You. David. It was Vogel. Commandant Vogel of the Diamond Company's Special Police. He came up the gangplank with a couple of deputies at his heels. Davis, I warned you not to come back to Diamond Stud. Uh-huh. And yet you don't seem surprised to see me. No, I've been expecting you. I've been waiting. You still have your blue jacket? The one with my bloodstains on it? Now, listen, David. Ah, ah, Commandant. Mustn't lose your temper in this heat. Bad for the heart, you know. Why are you here, David? What do you want? Well, at the moment, just my gear. This is it coming up from the hole. The net with my equipment swung overhead, and then suddenly it plummeted toward the deck. Oh, a pity, Mr. Davis. I'm afraid your gear is completely ruined. A regrettable accident. I'm not so sure it was an accident. That's one of your deputies standing over there by the winch, isn't it? And you think perhaps he reversed the engine? Possibly he did, Mr. Davis. Quite possibly. Vogel. Uh-uh. Mustn't lose your temper in this heat. Bad for the heart, you know. Vogel, I came back here telling myself I'd forgotten what this place did to me. That all I wanted was my license back. But seeing you again has changed my mind. I'm back for one thing. To get something I've already paid for. And you'll pay again, David. Don't forget my blue jacket. I've still got it. And all I want is an excuse to use it. I wasn't likely to forget Vogel's blue jacket. The jacket with the brass buttons and the yachting club insignia on it. The ceremonial coat Vogel always wore whenever he conducted one of his famous interrogations. Where are the diamonds? Where are the diamonds? He's a stubborn man, Mr. Martingale. But I'll crack him. I'll crack him. He didn't. Vogel had a disappointment, Mr. Martingale. The elegant Mr. Arthur Martingale, General Superintendent for the Colonial Diamond Company Limited. I wondered just how many minutes it would take Vogel to tell Martingale I was back in Diamond Stuff and what Martingale's first move would be. And for my first move, I checked into the Sandy Hill Hotel and then headed to the bar. There was just one other customer, Doc Hunter. Henry? Another one, Doc? Make it another four, Henry. That'll take care of the next hour. Since when did you start to ration yourself, Doc? Just since you elevated, Mike. About two years ago. Yeah? You feel better for it? The only thing that will make me feel better is the day I leave Diamond Star. Why don't you? Oh, I'm still the company doctor. Well, why don't you quit? Uh, uh, why did you come back? Business? I'm making a survey. Oh, scotch and soda, Doc. Thank you, Henry. My pleasure, Doc. Survey, you say? Yeah. To find which of Vogel's boys drinks the most, owes the most, and hates Vogel the most. Interesting. Henry! Yeah, Doc? What happened to our friend Thompson? Thompson? Oh, he'll probably eat in later. He really shouldn't, Henry. He's drinking far too much. By noon every day, he's already three-part elephant. Yeah, I guess I'd be too if I had Thompson's job. 
I don't know how anybody can drive one of those half-tracks across the desert for eight hours every night. The prohibited area must be patrolled, and the greed must be guarded against at all costs. Mm, maybe, but not by me, Doc. Now, Mike, uh, what were you saying about this survey of yours? Uh, I just finished it. Henry. Yes, sir? One scotch and water. I'll be waiting for it at the table right over there. Make it two scotches, Henry. Mr. Davis has just invited me to a drink. It was Toady. Nobody in Dimestad could remember what his real name was. He was just Toady. Always around, always available for a price. He followed me to my table and let me pay for a drink. He's been absent for such a long time. Yes, a very long time. I heard a curious story the other day, Mr. Davis. It is about a young man, a hunter, who used to make his living around here as a guide. Until... Until he got into trouble. What kind of trouble? Oh, it seems he took an impetuous gentleman on a lion hunt. At first, there was no success. And then, one day, they sighted their lion. Uh They trailed him for three days. And each day, they came nearer and nearer and nearer to the prohibited diamond area. Do you find this interesting, Mr. Davis? I find it interesting. (laughs) Then... One night, the hunting party came very close to the prohibited area. And to amuse the gentleman, the hunter told some of the tales of the diamonds which could be found only a few inches beneath the sand. Diamonds which could be scooped up by the pound by the bushel. Mr. Davis, you are sure I'm not boring you? I'll let you know. (laughs) Well, it seems that the following morning, when the guide woke up, his gentleman was gone. And footprints led into the prohibited area. When the hunter finally found the gentleman, he was delirious. And wallowing, actually wallowing in a bed of diamonds. According to the story. According to the story. Yeah. The rest of it is rather tragic. The young hunter carried the delirious gentleman out of the prohibited area, only to be arrested by the diamond police. They were taken to Commandant Vogel, and while he was questioning them, the delirious gentleman died. Died, babbling about the whole gully full of diamonds. And the garden? Oh, he was badly beaten by the police, but he never told them where the diamonds could be found. He simply disappeared from Diamondstadt. It is rumored he might have been imprisoned. But the curious part of the story is that this young man, this guide, is supposed to be back here right now. The reason for his return is obvious, of course. Of course. Mr. Davis, if you should ever meet this young man, this guide, you might deliver a message for me. Saying what? Saying that that I am here, a fountain of extraordinary knowledge, splendidly corrupt, and eager to be of profitable service. I don't think he'll need you. One never knows. One never... Excuse me, Mr. Davis. Urgent business calls me away. business with the appearance of a couple of special police in the doorway. I ordered another scotch and waited for the arrival of the man who drank too much, owed too much, and who hated Vogel just enough. Six o'clock, seven, then eight, but no Thompson. Instead, there was Vogel himself with Martingale and a girl. She was tall and blonde and wore a dress far better suited to the Rue de la Paix than a smoky bar room in Diningstadt. Martingale brought her over to my table. Miss Reynaud, may I present Mr. Michael Davis? Michael, Miss Suzanne Reynaud. Mr. Davis? Hello. Miss Reynaud is the niece of one of our largest French stockholders, Michael. 
I flew her up from Cape Town this afternoon. Why? Why, Mr. Davis? Nobody comes to Diamond Star unless he or she has to. I happen to enjoy big game hunting, Mr. Davis. I was told the lions are very good to the north of me. Uh, would you care to show them to Amato? After all, you were our best hunter and guide. Well, you know as well as I do, I can't even guide Miss Renault across the street without my license. Well, then I'll see that you get it back. When? As soon as you tell us where the diamonds are. <laughs> Happy to have met you, Miss Renault. Uh, uh, Michael. The only diamonds I know anything about are Ace, King, Queen, and Jack. I'll see you sometime, Martin Gale. Uh, been talking, Doc Hunter had signaled to me from the bar. I wandered up alongside and ordered another drink. Doc whispered at the man I wanted to see, Thompson, who drank poker with the mother's outside on the hotel veranda. Ten minutes later, I was not only seated across the table from him, but Thompson owed me five pounds. I, uh, I'll have to give you my IOU, David. Well, sure. Maybe you'll win it all back in the next ten. Yeah, I can't. I gotta go on patrol in 15 minutes. Oh, then maybe tomorrow night, huh? Yeah, I'll be here. Mr. Davies? Oh, excuse me, Captain. Oh, 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 come on. Yes, Mr. Holmes? Did you have a cigarette? I'm afraid I left mine inside. <laughs> you really want one, or is this just an excuse? <laughs> it wasn't very original of me, was it? Frankly, Mr. Davies, it bores me to spend an evening listening to Mr. Martingale and Mr. Vogel talk business. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe they think that's the way to make an impression on the niece of the biggest French stockholder. I wish you could forget about that. Why? Because I'd like for us to be friends. Why? Because I think you need a friend. I hate to repeat myself, Miss Renault, but again, why? I was going to say because I see that you are lonely and intense and unhappy. But now I think a man as suspicious as you does not have friends because he cannot have them. Have a cigarette? Please. Thank you. Yeah. They hate each other, don't they? Who? Martin Gale and Vogel. Yeah, bitterly. Martin Gale is on the board of directors of the Diamond Company, belongs to the best clubs in Cape Town, and is a gentleman most of the time. Paul Vogel was the son of an illiterate German farmer who wants to be on the board of directors of the Diamond Company, wants to belong to the best clubs in Cape Town, and wants to be a gentleman part of the time. Which Martin Gale will never permit. Hey, catch him fast. Yes, Commandant Vogel has climbed just about as high up the ladder as he'll ever get. And you, Mr. Davis. What about you? Me? I'm... Lonely and intense and unhappy and suspicious. Remember? <laughs> My apologies, Mademoiselle Renault. But I wish a word with Mr. Davis. Certainly. I'll be in the bar, Mr. Davis. Well, Vogel. I hear you've been playing cards with one of my men. You know, I'd heard that you even policed your own police. It's not to happen again, Davis. Is that clear? Vogel, I need money. Lots of it. I'll play poker with anyone who's got cash to lose. I'd even play with you. <laughs> For a miserable ten shilling stake, I suppose. It wouldn't be worth my while. Uh, gentlemen, permit me to Martin remedy Davis? that, yes. Mr. Davis, I shall be happy to back you. What stakes do you suggest? Make it five hundred pounds. Only five hundred? Oh, shall we say, uh, one thousand? Well, how about it, Vogel? All right. One thousand pounds. We went back into the bar, and Martin Gale called for a pack of cards. The news got around fast. By the second floor, everybody in the bar was crowded around our table, including Mr. Nome. Fifty. And raise your fifty. All right. You win. Your information, Vogel, I have a ten high. Uh, and Vogel had an ace. Good bluff, Michael. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Mr. 
Ball, what have you got? Straight. How high? Nine. Too bad. Mine's a jack. You're a bitch, Mr. Davis. Everything I've got. I call that. I have a full house. Mine's a full house. Queen's up. I have a full house. Aces up. Vogel raked in the pile of chips and collected Martingale's money. Then he got up, offered his arm to Miss Renault. She nodded and smiled, and they left the room together. You seem uh, puzzled, Michael. Perhaps Miss Renault? Yeah, I, I thought she came in with you. Uh, she did, but unfortunately women, especially beautiful women, have no allegiance to losers. Besides, I'm sure Paul Vogel will be a most gallant host. He's taking her to his house? Oh, naturally. It's quite a place, Michael. A pity you've never seen it. The furnishings and artworks are in excellent taste. Uh, there's one vase he has in particular. A magnificent Sevres porcelain, signed 1782, I believe. That's worthy of any money. Well, when talked, I absentmindedly shuffled the playing cards that Vogel and I have used. Suddenly I noticed something odd about the cards. I shoved the package in my pocket. Monagale, is your car outside? Why, uh, yes, yes, it is. May I borrow it for a few minutes? But of course, Michael. Vogel's house was about ten minutes' drive out of town. I didn't bother to ring the bell, and since the front door was unlocked, I simply walked in. Telegraph music came from some room at the end of the long hall. As you can see, it's signed right here. Flavor, 1782. The most perfect vase I've ever seen. All my life. My backs were too neat. I waited until Vogel set the vase down on the side table, then I slipped up behind him and grabbed the vase. But until this moment, there's been one lack. The perfect woman. Forgive me, Vogel, for interrupting such a tender scene. Stay right where you are, Vogel, or I might drop this exquisite vase of yours. Mademoiselle Renault, would you mind waiting in the other room? I'll let her stay. Maybe she'd be interested in knowing how you won at poker tonight. If you're suggesting that I... I'm more than suggesting. I'm saying that you mark those aces with your fingernail. So if you please, Vogel, 2,000 pounds. 2,000? Yeah, Martin Gale's 1,000 and 1,000 for me for not dropping his vase. Well, I... I don't have the money on me. That's too bad. When did you say this vase was made? Do you remember, Miss Renault? I think 1782. Oh, must be kind of valuable. Yes, very valuable. You know, my hands are getting very slippery. The heat, you know. Davis, please. 2,000. Yes. Yes, here. You take it from her, Miss Renault. All right. Good. And now, mademoiselle, I think you'd better let me drive you back to town. Come on. Davis! My vase! Oh, yeah, I forgot. Here, catch. Mr. Davis? Yeah. Thank you for the rescue. Boy, how about that, Miss Renault? Now, maybe this is the way you amuse yourself in Paris. But in Paris, you've got stop-and-go signals on the street corners and traffic cops to see that everybody follows the rules. But this is not Paris, and Vogel's no traffic cop, and there are no stop-and-go signals here. Because they haven't even put in the roads yet. That's what I'm finding out. So thank you for the rescue. And I hope I'll be able to do the same for you. Yeah. What makes you think I'll need rescuing just because I smashed Vogel's precious vase? No. Just because you've come back to Diamond Stadt. Just because you know about that girl he's filled with diamonds somewhere inside the Freundbeater area. Oh, so you heard about it, too. Everybody has, Mr. Davis. And everybody is waiting for you to do the foolish thing. 
This thing you must not do. Yeah, that sounds odd, coming from the niece of the largest French stockholder. If I show the company where the diamonds are, that means bigger and better dividends for Uncle. Don't do it, Mr. Davis. Can you name any reason? Because I like you. I like you very much. Yeah, that's flattering, but not exactly a reason. I think it is. I like you too much to want to see you dead. Act one of Rope of Sand, tonight's feature presentation on Hollywood Radio Theater. Act two begins in just one moment. A captain assigned a new station with his troops had a deep conversation. While you're overseas, men, be intelligent, then you continue with your education. What have you done about your education? And now, Act Two of Roof of Sand, starring Barry Sullivan as Mike. The next morning, I returned Martin Gale's thousand pounds to him. Out of gratitude, I suppose, he invited me to a party that night at his house. A party in honor of Suzanne Renault. I told Martin Gale I'd be there if I finished my other business on time. The business, of course, was Thompson. He had promised to meet me that evening in the bar of the Sandy Hill Hotel. Another one, Mr. Davis? Anyway, I haven't finished this one yet. I shall be happy to relieve you of that chore, Mr. Davis. Go away, Tony. But to where, Mr. Davis? Outside, the heat of the night oppresses me. There is a wind which blows and seals like the very sign of hell's furnace. And only increases my thirst. Ah. Why are we here, Mr. Davis? Why must we be so infatuated with this woman? What woman? This courtesan, this enchantress, this desert. We pluck at her skirts and we hope for some small glittering favor. This wasteland where the gems lie just a few inches below the surface. Free. Free for the taking, if it were not for certain unfortunate restrictions. This diamond, for instance... Henry... Yes, sir. Give this guy a drink. Maybe then he'll go peddle his rug somewhere else. <laughs> the diamond, for instance. Chemically speaking, yes. A bit of carbon. A collection of soup. Yet, the hardest of all matters. So hard, in fact, that whatever it touches must suffer. Glass, steel, the human soul. And yet, we will do anything for this uh, bit of soup, won't we, Mr. Davis? For example, if you were to ask my help... I'm not asking. A pity. A pity. But let us assume for the sake of argument... Mr. Davis! Mr. Davis, please! I got away from Cody just as Thompson came into the bar. I motioned him to follow me out into the hallway. I thought we were going to play poker. Now, some other time. Thompson, how would you like to have enough money to pay off all your gambling debts and your bar bill and still have enough left over for a big time in Cape Town? Yeah, what do I do for all this? You let me knock you out? Well, not quite. You take your half track out on patrol at midnight. At twelve five, just outside town, I hold you up, knock you out, and take your half track. Yeah. Which just happens to have enough gasoline to take you out of the prohibited area and on through the Portuguese territory. Yeah, that's the idea. A one way trip to Angola. Well, how about it? <laughs> you know, up till now I never believed all those stories about you. I guess you really do know where those diamonds are. I asked how about it. Let's see your money. He 
settled for 250 pounds. Meanwhile, at Martingale's house, the party for Miss Renault was in full swing. May I get you some more champagne, Miss Renault? Thank you, Dr. Hunter. Mademoiselle Renault. Yes, Commander? I must be alone. At once. Well, I'm sorry, but Dr. If, Hunter... If you will step out onto the veranda. It is most important. Oh, very well. And now, Commander? I must explain to you about last night, about that uh, card game with Dave. I'm sure it's none of my affairs. But I want you respect, Suzanne. Why do you think I showed you my house last night? Why do you think I asked you to come out here right now? Come out, Joe. From the moment Martin Gale first introduced us, I've known that you were the one woman I wanted for my wife. The one woman worthy of my home. Commander, the answer is no. No. I'm sorry. But, but this is ridiculous. Susan, listen to me. No, let me go. I've got to have no stop it. By that, mademoiselle, I take it there's someone else. Yes, like baby. <laughs> then how sad for you, mademoiselle. Commandant, Commandant Vogel. Yes, who is it? Over here. I've got to see Excuse me, mademoiselle. Gladly.
I'd like to drink three times. That, too, was according to plan.
tent known in Cape Town under various other names and various waterfront cafes and dancehalls. You're lying. Mr. Davis, I assume that you knew that you were simply enjoying some slight flirtation with this person, but without any... Listen, really. you filthy-minded scum. Martin Gale gave a party in honor of Miss Renault just last night. She's the niece of one of his largest French stockholders. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes, of course. Mr. Martin Gale has dressed her and coached her very well for the part. But tell me, Mr. Davis, has she not once asked you about the diamonds? Where they are to be found? Perhaps even a map? Get out of here. But you just invited me up Get here. Out. Get out! Very well. As you wish, Mr. Davis. As you wish. I wasn't going to take the word of anybody like Toadie, but just to play safe, I drew a map of where the diamonds would have been found. A false map. And when Suzanne came to see me again that evening, I gave it to her. I said I was making arrangements for somebody to go with her into the prohibited area. I'd let her know in the morning. And then Dr. Hunter came in to change my bandages, and Suzanne left. I asked Doc to stand at the window and watch the street below. Just what am I supposed to be looking for? Oh, anything you see of interest? Well, the street's almost deserted. Can you see the entrance to Vogel's police quarters? Oh, it's just across the street. Say, there's somebody going inside right now. Anybody I know? I think so. Mademoiselle Renault. <laughs> Two of Rope of Sand. Our third and final act begins after this brief message. A friend of mine had a magnificent stereo system. He had tuners that tune and tweeters that tweeted and woofers that woof. And day by day, he added one more gadget that deepened the bass or heightened the highs until one day he achieved the ultimate in a home stereo system. Perfect fidelity. Don't overdo it. At least not on one electrical outlet. And now let's return for the final act of tonight's Hollywood Radio Theater featuring Rope of Sand with our star, Barry Sullivan. Learning the truth about Suzanne hurt almost as much as the bite of Vogel's whip across my back. But this time, I wasn't going to stay in bed and nurse my wounds. As soon as Dr. Hunter changed my bandages, I got up and dressed. You know, Mike, as your doctor, I don't recommend this. Just how bad else am I, Doc? In case anyone asks me? Yeah, in case Vogel or Martin Gale get curious. Oh, very bad, Mike. Concussion of the brain won't be up out of your bed for three days, at least. That's well. Then maybe you better not wait for them to ask you. Go tell Vogel right now. Consider him told. And, Mike, good luck. Suzanne gave the map. The wheels would begin to turn. Vogel wouldn't wait until morning to start after the Valley of Diamonds. Already he must be loading a half-track with gas and provisions. I waited for them in Wallstein Canyon at almost the same spot where I met Thompson the night before. The wind was blowing even harder this time. The dust and sand cut visibility to not more than ten yards. Just the way I wanted it. At the first ground of the half-track, I threw myself flat on the ground directly in the path that the machine had to take. Rudy, stop! Get him up the roadway. Yes, sir. There are only two men in the half-track. There's a man coming toward me. 
I waited until he got right up to me and bent over. Come on, Chip. On your feet. Over this, I died between the great iron treads and the machine sent harmlessly over my body. But what it did to the other man wasn't pretty. Volga leaped out and ran back to check up. I stayed flat in the dirt and slipped the pistol out of my pocket. Drop your gun, Volga, or the next time I won't aim for your shoulder. You're yeah. a fool, Davey. You're a bigger one to fall for the same trick twice. Come on, help me get your driver into the head track. What for? He's dead, isn't he? Yes, you scum. You killed one of your own men just to get me. Come on, pick him up. No. I said pick him up. body into the rear of the half track and I covered it over with a tarpaulin. And I shoved my pistol into Vogel's ribs and told him to drive us to the gate through the barrier. Good evening, Commander. I've got a telephone to expect you. We've already notified all other patrols. Thank you. You may raise the gate. Uh, yes, sir, but when do you return? I don't know. Raise the gate. Yes, sir. Nobody could get in my way or bring me back. Where are we? At least 20 miles from nowhere. Now pick up that radio telephone. Call your headquarters. You have thought of everything, haven't you? Everything. Now, quick, think up a little speech that will keep the boys back home fat, dumb, and happy for the rest of the night. And remember, if you make one little mistake... I understand all that. Okay. Then flip the switch. This is Fogel speaking. This is Fogel. I'm on an important reconnaissance. Clear all patrols from the northwest area. Do not try to contact me again. I will be operating under radio silence. Over and out. Okay. Now get out. No. No! It's more than you deserve, Vogel. You killed one of your own men and you'd kill me if you could. All you're getting is a long walk home. See, we're, we're in the middle of the desert. I don't know which way I... Isn't that just too bad? Now out. Out. hills that were my marker. In another hour, I reached the valley and the gully of Dan. They were scattered everywhere, just beneath the top gravel, exactly as I had remembered. I filled my hat with them. In a few more hours, I'd be in Portuguese territory, safe and a rich man. And in a few more hours, where would Commandant Vogel be? Vogel, you ordered all patrols out of the area? I don't care what I ordered. After that length of time, you should have investigated. We did, sir. That's how the patrol found you. Uh, stop arguing. Bring Dr. Hunt and the girl in here. Yes, sir. Doctor, Miss Reno. Thompson, you stand guard outside. Yes, sir. I suppose you're pleased with yourself, Doctor. And you too, Miss Reno. 
But if either of you have any hope of joining Mr. Davis in Angola to share his wealth, I must disappoint you. It is enough for me to know that Mike is safe in Angola. Dr. Hunter, I charge you with criminally underestimating your patient's powers of recuperation to mislead me and allow Davis to escape. As for you, Miss Renault, you will be charged with giving aid to a criminal. You sent me to a trap with a counterfeit map. Counterfeit? Oh, come now. There's no need to pretend surprise. When you brought me that map, you said you did so in order to save Mr. Davis from his own folly. You pretended to bargain with me for his life. And all the time you were lying. A cheap, lying girl of the dance hall. Oh, don't! Yes! Martin Gale finally told me what you were. Something from the castle. Oh, well, I suggest that you apologize. Ah, I will not. You have insulted this girl as you insult everyone. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs>
lights later, Toby and I slipped back into Diamondstadt. I headed straight for Martingale's house. From the driveway, I could see lights in the library and the silhouette of Martingale working at his desk. Behind the desk was a screen door, unlocked. Ah, I, I thought I heard footsteps outside, Michael. I have extraordinary ears, you know. I hope you've also got extraordinary eyes. That can tell you this gun is loaded. Michael, I must tell you immediately that I can never accept your proposition. You haven't heard it yet. First, I want you to phone Vogel. Get him over here. It happens that he's on his way here now to discuss some business. Perfect. Now, about my proposition... I know. You have your diamonds. Now you want your girl. Uh, it's even better than that. An even trade. I give you the diamonds for the girl. You're serious? Completely. I never know what to think anymore. I'm being constantly disillusioned. Has money completely lost its power? Is everyone motivated now by love? Let's stick to the point. Is it a deal? Mm, it appeals to me. It would make a hero of me in the eyes of the company, and it would distress Vogel. But no. Is that your front door? Yes, it's Vogel. All right. Here. This is a note I want you to copy onto your typewriter. May I uh, read it first? Sure. I'll be standing behind the door when Vogel walks in. Start typing. Typing, Paul. <laughs> it's uh, quite an amusing document. What is it? I'll read it to you, Vogel. What? No gun, Commandant? How careless you've gotten since I left town. Martingale, what kind of a trick is this? None of my doing, I assure you. Ah. Your uh, document, Michael. Thanks. Here's what it says, Vogel. To whom it may concern, Mademoiselle Suzanne Renault, known by whatever aliases, etc., etc., is innocent of the murder of Dr. Francis Kittredge Hunter. She will be released immediately. And there's a place for you to sign and for Martin Gale to witness. Davis, I'm getting very sick of your bluff. Come on, sign it. Martin Gale, don't appeal to me, Paul. I have an enormous antipathy to dying. Very well. Your pain. Now, you witness his signature, Martin Gale. Of course. This is a completely empty gesture, Davis. I'll have you under arrest before you and your girl get, can get out of town. Will you? That paper you just signed says Suzanne Renaud did not kill Dr. Hunter. But then who did, Vogel? Who else but you was in that room when he was killed? Commandant, you've just signed a confession of murder. No. I can prove before any court that I signed that with a gun at my back. Well, that's quite possible, Paul. Well, by the way, won't you have a cigar? Well, gentlemen, that's all for tonight. I'll send you the diamonds, Martin Gale, just as soon as I'm sure Suzanne is all right. Well, that's fair enough. Goodbye, Michael. Sure. Uh, Paul, do try one of the cigars in this box. Oh, of course. Michael! <laughs> you gave him that gun, didn't you, Martin Gale? It was in that box of cigars. Yes, Michael, but I was rather confident that his first shot would go wild. As for you, it was self-defense, of course. Yeah, but suppose he killed me. Well, I took that gamble. Oh, you know, in his way, Paul was quite a remarkable fellow. Nasty, but remarkable. <laughs> going away together, and yet you've never once said the words, the thing that I've been waiting to hear. I don't like speeches. Oh, but Mike. Mr. Davis! 
Mr. Davis! Uh, go away, Terry. Oh, come, Michael. Can't old friends wish you a bon voyage? Besides, I've got a going away present for you. Up uh, here. How beautiful. Uh, these were two of the diamonds that you returned to me. Oh. Thanks, Martin. Yeah. Toby? Yes, Mr. Davis? A diamond for you. Uh, yes, so large. So exquisite. And the other? For you, Suzanne. Your engagement ring. Mike, then you do love me? If you ever try to get away from me, I'd follow you until I wore the earth smooth. Is that what you wanted to hear? Oh, yes, darling. That's what I wanted to hear. Well, well. Time to go ashore, Tony. Come along. Yes. Uh, goodbye, Mr. Davis. Mademoiselle Renault. A pleasant voyage. Thanks, it will be. Au revoir, au revoir. An amazing thing, Mr. Martingale, a diamond. Carbon. A bit of soot, chemically speaking, and yet the hardest of all matters. So hard that whatever it touches must suffer. Love. We've just heard the final act of tonight's Hollywood Radio Theater presentation, Rope of Sand, starring Barry Sullivan. In a moment, news of next week's program. But first, this important message. An eager young airman named Dan, who was stationed somewhere in Japan, said, though here overseas, I can learn what I please, so I take all the courses I can. What have you done about your education? Next Sunday evening, Hollywood Radio Theater will bring you Sangaree. Our stars will be Arlene Dahl and Cesar Romero. Until next Sunday, then, this is your host, Air Force Sergeant Tom Korzanowski, wishing you a very pleasant good evening. Mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.